Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Husmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Husmo Black. August 17, 2013. Welcome to the uh, show this evening. We running a little late. Trying, trying to upgrade the, trying to upgrade our our uh, equipment here. Getting uh, some broadband in. We we've been doing this thing over regular DSL, but uh, we uh, decided to move up to broadband for a little faster speed. But uh, <laughs> we. Uh, they have AT and T. Uh, I don't know if we should be even giving our names, but they haven't got that thing working yet for us. So we 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 uh, we having to uh, go through a hot spot. We we going through a hot spot to do the show this evening. But I'm really uh, ticked off here that I don't have my broadband up and working. But be that as may, we're gonna push on, y'all. We ain't gonna let one monkey stop. This show, <laughs> as they used to say, one monkey can't stop no show. Not here. Hey, uh, what's going on in the news, y'all? Now, nah, but one thing, we got this broadband coming in, see, but it's got all my monitors <laughs> down, too. My internet's down. I got to run everything through uh, my hot spot, uh, spot on my phone, <laughs> if y'all can believe it. Hey, how y'all doing out in, uh, how y'all doing out there in uh, cyberspace? Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. We uh don't know how this thing gonna go tonight without uh, my internet services, so we we're gonna play it by ear. What's going on in the world, y'all? All kinds of things going on. We've really been out of the loop here for the last couple of days trying to get these uh, well this thing started, my installation of my broadband started uh, like yesterday, eleven o'clock. What's that Friday? Yeah, I worked on it three hours or something a day, and uh, somebody else supposed to be doing something else, but they have, I don't know. I'm, I am really highly upset about it, but uh, we can't do nothing about it, yeah. Not right now, we can't. We, we're in crunching too, trying to get our books in. So we got a lot of errands in the fire, as they say. This uh, this weekend here, uh, I don't know, the temperature's crazy down there, y'all. We're in the ATL. Coming to you live and living color from uh, the ATL, y'all. It's where uh, the Hushbow Black Forum originates from. But this weather down there, you'd think it was in uh, Alaska somewhere. It's in the 60, y'all. Uh, it should be 90 degrees out. I don't, it didn't get up to 70 degrees a day here in Atlanta, raining. I, this is, uh, I don't know what's going on with the weather, y'all. Yeah. Rush Limbaugh saying nothing wrong with it. But I don't know. Something is, uh, something is crazy with the weather. 
Uh, Rays keep rolling right along, y'all. They uh, got a 15-and-a-half game lead, got the best record in baseball. Yeah, we got 75 wins. It looks like we got we got the best record in all of baseball, you know. Squares and Kip, the Braves. Well, I told you all about it. I told you all about them Braves a long time ago. I told you about the Braves a long time ago. Y'all shut up. <laughs> all, you, all you latecomers, shut up. Mm. <laughs> we... We're going to talk a little more about my book, y'all. Racism and Hate in American Reality, coming out uh, here uh, soon. We've been crunching. Should have got it into my my publisher uh, a day or so ago, but it's on its way. Uh, It's going to be a fascinating read, y'all. Dealing with uh, racism and hate and American reality, they they uh, we we do an updated look at uh, Ghana Murdoch Ghana Murdoch's uh, uh, study back in 1944. He finished it. Started really in 1938. Took him some six years looking at uh, what he titled the work an American dilemma. Uh, the Negro problem and modern democracy. Yeah, we were uh, was a problem back then. Yeah, <laughs> the Negro problem and modern democracy. <laughs> yeah, just an interesting title, but just a fantastic uh, piece of work. Some fifteen hundred pages. Yeah, that stay over some six years uh, looking at. Uh, how uh, blacks was doing, or how the Negro was doing, uh, some seventy years after the Civil War uh, had passed, and uh, uh, quite a quite a, a study. And we just I went back and looked at it, and uh, decided to uh, use it as a uh, as a reference for uh, my work, and really. Uh, uh, when you think you uh, has come up with something new, uh, talking about racism and hate and all that stuff, uh, no, no, that got, it's been talked about racism and hate and uh, the Negro problem, as <laughs> Mr. Murdahl, Dr. Murdahl, uh put it, uh, has been talked about, explored, and uh, bandied about for uh, some hundred. Uh, 35 years since the Civil War, the Negro uh, place in the society and the problems uh, that he faced or problems society faced with him, whatever the case, that's been talked about, studied about, and uh, written about for some 135 years. So, so when you hear people talking about, oh, yeah, we need to have this conversation today, we've had the conversation about uh, uh, race relations for, uh, continuously for some 100 years. Uh, my work, Racism and Hate in American Reality, uh, suggests that uh, uh, just talking about it, uh, uh, just talking about it is only part of the uh, 
only part of the equation there. We we uh, 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 suggest that uh, well, we concluded that uh, uh, it's time to uh, do something about it. Yeah, that 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 uh, of all uh, countless uh, studies and whatnot, and one one. The thing that's evident in all these studies is that uh, America's Africanists it was injured here uh, in the society by uh, the laws of uh, the country, by the laws of uh, the government. So, so we, uh, in looking at all the uh, essays and documents and books and uh, historical events from the burning down the the Black Wall Street in Oklahoma to the burning the blacks out in Rosewood, Florida to burning the blacks out in East St. Louis to raise rats in Illinois to just the whole, you know, uh, just history, just just our documented history, uh, paints a, a real clear picture that uh, American Africanism has been injured here and uh, should have been reparated. Financially, uh, in, uh, in 1954, when Brown overturned uh, uh, Plessy, uh, the Plessy versus uh, Ferguson case back there in 1896, that uh, codified all of uh, the separate equal Jim Crow laws that existed at the time throughout uh, the South. Uh, well, yeah, when Plessy uh, went down, it made it federal law. Uh, so, and brought in uh, a bunch of uh, uh, black folks up north. Oh yeah, it brought it brought all Americans African descent under uh, this Plessy thing there because when they traveled south, they had to get out get out front of that bus or what. They were subjected to the same uh, the same separate equal uh, laws uh, that the rest of the uh, southern blacks were. So really, Plessy was <laughs> did us uh, uh, a tremendous amount of harm, y'all. Yeah? Uh, economically, socially, and uh, uh, every other kind of way you can think of in terms of uh, uh, assimilating us into other society, it uh, prevented it, uh, no doubt. So we we uh, think that uh, uh, the dialogue, talking about it, uh, uh, race and hate and all this, uh, race relations can't stop, but really we, in my work, try to focus on uh, a solution for it, <laughs> a solution to the problem here. Uh, if uh, uh, the powers that be suggest that we can't uh, uh, fully assimilate into the society, uh, they need to uh, uh, pay us the reparation that uh, we're due, that uh, we've won. In that uh, Brown uh, versus Board of Education case, that wasn't just about integrating some school system somewhere or integrating schools, period. It wasn't just about that. That was a small uh, a part of that. Brown overturned uh, uh, Plessy. Yeah. <laughs> Plessy uh, took away 14th Amendment uh, rights throughout the society, not just uh, in one place. Uh, it was all tied together. You can't, yeah, they, uh, uh, the American society, uh, the powers that be, went on to separate the uh, American African descent out of uh, 
the larger society based on Plessy, based, based on these separate equal uh, laws that Brown found unequal. <laughs> yeah. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the show here. We we done jumped in two or three. We got out late. It's about uh, 7.30 in the ATL, y'all, on a rainy, rainy night in Georgia here. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, quick pause for the calls, y'all. We'll be right back. Y'all hang in there. You got me in the hush mode. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Hey, welcome back. Uh, welcome back to the Hashmo Back Forum. We uh going to play a little bit of a flashback here. Uh, talking about, this plays into uh, my new book, Racism and Hate, because we went back to um, cover uh, this little uh, epiphany that I had in Vietnam when I got wounded. And I uh, wanted to share that with you because we're going to come back uh, in the show this evening and talk to you a little about uh, one Mr. Henry McNeil Turner. And uh, one of my heroes, <laughs> no doubt. So we're going to come back. We're going to play this uh, talking about my day of infamy. I uh, want you to listen to it, and uh, we'll uh, come back and share. Uh, first of all, we'll share uh, that experience with you uh, uh, live, and then we'll uh, talk about Mr. Henry McNeil Turner. Uh, yeah, uh, check this out, and uh, we'll be right back afterward and uh, talk about it a little more. That day in the thicket of the terrain uh, was unbelievable. The jungle, I mean, uh, 50 yards in front of me, I could not see a private uh, uh, PLC uh carry uh go down and was barely uh, uh through the thicket and uh, uh brush see uh, uh, uh PLC Dawson uh, which was about 25 yards in front of me by the time uh, uh, uh I got to them to uh, uh PLC Dawson and uh, uh PLC uh, carry uh we're out 50 yards in front of everybody and we can't see nobody the enemy or our own troops I'm hollering back at the, the sergeant, and uh, he's shouting out orders. I, I can hear him barely over the gunfire because everybody by that time was shooting. Uh, 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 and some of my, uh, the troops, uh, uh, G Company on the, or H Company on the other side of the river, they shooting across the river, uh, uh, coming right across us. Don't nobody see me. I'm out there uh, with uh, my two friends there in the middle of that valley of the shadow of death. Uh, by the time I got back, uh, 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 it was crazy. Everybody was shooting. Uh, the only way we seen the enemy dug in the hills up there for every once in a while, you see a puff of smoke or a blaze come out of the rifle and the uh, grenade launchers that they was uh, firing at us, but we could not see them. Uh, we just started shooting, uh, and everybody, we're talking about three, uh, 4,000 uh, troops on our side uh, dug in and shooting. Uh, at uh, one another, and the enemy shooting back uh, got us pent down. Though we can't move. Uh, by the time the uh, um, I get back and uh, 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 shot up uh, uh, to no end, uh, and, and laying on the ground after four hours, uh, they uh, call the uh, uh, airplanes in and uh, drop napalm uh, for the next four hours on us and the enemy. Well, not on us, close to us, so close that I could feel the heat. And, uh, uh, I'm sure to this day my left arm wound came from uh, that napalm burned right through it. Um, 
but uh it was it was a hellacious uh uh circumstance that uh, uh transpired uh, that day I can remember the first uh, shot that collapsed my right lung. First word out of my mouth was, God help me. At that moment, my spirit left my body. And my whole life flashed before my face. At that moment, uh, it's when my spirit, joined, outside of my body, joined with um, my two friends, PFC Carey and PFC Dawson's spirit outside of our flesh bodies. I, I in the book I refer to them as um, faith and hope, and uh, myself being charity. Uh, that moment, God uh, intervened, uh, showed uh, me that other side. It was like a a, um, a key uh, to a switch that uh, at the moment that uh, our three spirits joined, uh, something clicked on. And uh, uh, Utopia, like uh, I can't explain here, we we were uh, we had it going on. Uh, God pulled me back, uh, my friends. I never remorsed about uh, them dying that day because of that utopian uh, experience that uh, we had. And I know uh, they're uh, in a much, 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 much uh, better place than the You'll never know. Uh, here in the flesh on this earth, you will never know. Uh, <laughs> it's part of my little uh, thing. Is I don't uh, have no uh, fear of death. I, I believe that I, and my spirit outside of this flesh, has to uh, reunite. Uh, with the two friends I believe that I know that uh, God Almighty Himself assured me of that when I uh, made that uh, uh, when I confronted that uh, 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 valley of the shadow of death and uh, went to my friends to uh I make them whole. That's my story. Uh, from that experience, anyway, from my Vietnam experience, I mean, that's it. Uh, uh, God uh, carried me through, uh, brought me back to uh, testify to uh, His greatness, to His mercy. Uh, instilled the fear uh, 
of God in me and enfolded me uh, with his charity, his love. And uh, I, I, I think uh, that that is the key to uh, getting back to the Almighty is those uh, three virtues, uh, faith, hope, and charity. Uh, hmm. I, uh, I believe that. Uh, and, uh, it's going to be up to each and every one. I, I mean, I, I can... Preachers can preach to you about it. Uh, teachers can uh, teach you about it, but uh, it's going to be you <laughs> somehow uh, talking to gentlemen with the man upstairs. He's there. I, I mean, he heard my cry. That God help me. He heard my cry and uh, put me on his shoulder. Uh, if he do it for me, uh, He'll do it for you. I do. Hey y'all, welcome back. Welcome back to the Hushmo Black Forum, y'all. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a little take on uh, on my experience. Uh, oh God, some forty seven years ago, and uh, July sixteenth, nineteen sixty six, and. Uh, the jungles of Vietnam, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, <clears throat> it's a, uh, an experience that, uh, that can't, uh, that can't, uh, leave me. I, I mean, I can't, uh, um, there's no way to put, put it uh, past me, just the, uh, um, 
kind of got caught up in that uh, valley, that uh, valley of uh, the shadow of death. Of, uh, uh, as is portrayed in the Bible. Um, yeah, we uh, certainly changed my life. It certainly changed my life. Uh, uh, took me uh, took me some time to uh, <clears throat> to grasp uh, just uh, what had happened when when I got shot. Well, I was, the first words out of my mouth was "Help me, God," and. Uh, From that point on, uh, it was out of my hands. I mean, I, I had no, no real uh, way to uh, to get out of that valley that day. <laughs> I, I really didn't have no other way to uh, get out of that valley that day uh, other than uh, calling on uh, the man upstairs. And uh, sure enough, I got out of there. I got out of there. And uh, getting out of there is not the uh, is is not the uh, the greatest part of that experience, you know. Believe it or not, no, no that's not uh, nowhere near, <laughs> nowhere near getting out of it. Disconnecting uh, with uh, my two friends' spirit out outside of my body was no doubt. Uh, uh, something that uh, if you know it's hard to ex- it's hard to explain uh, to uh, to most people uh, you know a lot of people had run with the man upstairs and uh, they uh no doubt can uh, share my can share my uh, experience here, or can uh, appreciate my experience. But uh, really, I it's just no way to uh, to. Uh, Describe it, but you know, forty forty some years passed since then. I've done a lot of soul searching. <laughs> Went back to the man upstairs to inquire as to uh, what had happened, and I've gotten became much more aware uh, uh, of what did happen. Uh, 
Yeah, became much more aware of what uh, did transpire that day, and it took me some 40 years, really, to uh, go back to the man upstairs and to ask him uh, what did happen and why I did uh, make it out of that mother, two friends, died right there on that battlefield. And a heap of blood uh, right uh, in my arms. So, yeah, how did I get out? And uh, they uh, didn't, uh, wasn't, uh, well, I won't say as blessed as me, because I, I really believe now, well, in fact, I know now that the uh, New Zealand, that uh, they went on to a much, much better place <laughs> than uh, what I came back to. Oh, no doubt. Oh, I know that. I know it, and I, I can tell people about uh, this thing about uh, life after death and how people try to figure out what in the world happened to you after uh, death and all this stuff. Well, I, for one, uh, uh, experienced it, and I, I uh, know that uh, there's a better place. <laughs> there's a better place here, y'all. Uh, you know, like, if you if you if it if you can I don't know how how your uh, spiritual makeup is you know it's hard to uh, tell what another person's spiritual makeup is but if if you uh, believe in a God an all powerful God and that God created heaven and earth. If you believe that, uh, it's a pretty easy uh, stretch to get to uh, um, to the point that uh, uh, you can accept that uh, uh, this speck of dirt that we live on here may not be... Uh, Nothing more than just that, a speck of uh, dirt in the totality of uh, God's creation. I mean, look up in the sky. If God created all of that, (laughs) surely uh, there's some wondrous things out there that uh, we have no clue of here uh, in this reality on Earth. I mean, really, Earth is... In the totality of uh, the universe, the universe is is nothing more than a speck of dust. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. So we uh, we know there's a better place, and we, <laughs> now. <laughs> Uh, but that experience left me. Uh, it left me knowing uh, that uh, there really is a God. First of all, you know, I well I knew before then because when I got shot, that was the first words out of my mouth was "Help me, God." And I started repeating the Lord's prayer, y'all, until I passed out. <laughs> From loss of blood, I got shot five times. So we, you know, I'm struggling here. Yeah. 
uh, trying to uh, trying to just hold on to uh, to life for some four hours. I mean, I laid down on the ground for some four hours, waiting, trying to get a helicopter and uh, evacuate the wounded. I mean, this was a full blown battle going on here, y'all. Some couple of thousand people uh, shooting at each other. Oh yeah, this is serious stuff. Man. <laughs> this was serious, serious. Up around the DMZ back in 1966, we were we were the uh, first American troops up near the DMZ. Yeah, Operation Hastings. Y'all may want to Google it. Operation Hastings, if you're interested in uh, Vietnam trivia, it was one of the major battles in that whole, uh, I guess, 12-year conflict, however long it went on. It went on a long time, yeah. Ten years or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but we, uh, we learned a lot about, uh, <clears throat> racism and hate. And we learned that uh, from that experience that color doesn't matter. Uh, in the spiritual realm, there's, there's no uh, uh Distinction between colors, no, uh, whatsoever. So, I got to a point where I was able to shed uh, the hate that I thought I held for uh, white people because of that experience. It took me some years to get to that point after Vietnam. Now, I didn't just stop uh, distrusting or uh, what I thought hating white people right then. But, you know, I had by, first of all, by that time, I had a lot of white friends. So, you know, I, uh, uh, but to really cleanse myself of uh, the hate that uh, I, that was a byproduct of byproduct of the uh, racism that I experienced as a kid, uh, that done it. That did it for me. Because, yeah, when my spirit hooked up with the other two, one was white and one was black. It was a white guy. And um, John Kerry, PFC John Kerry was white, white Catholic. PFC Gerald Dawson was a uh, black. And me. Uh, all three spirits hooked up there. And, you know, there wasn't no color. I, hey, I'm talking about after we, those two folks was gone, you know. Our spirits <laughs> hooked up <laughs> yeah, in such a way. Yeah. Uh, faith, hope, and charity. Faith, hope, and charity is uh, uh, all came together there, you know. Yeah, because... Uh, <laughs> Well, I, I, I talk about that in my book. Uh, we ain't going to get into it uh, too much tonight because I get carried away talking about it here. But, uh, yeah, faith, hope, and charity is uh, 
the three spiritual uh uh the three uh spiritual uh virtues I guess if you will that hooked up I mean you need those three too y'all to get back to the man upstairs because one thing that happened uh, when our three spirits hooked up I mean I really uh, felt at at least uh, the similitude the spiritual similitude of God Almighty the spiritual similitude of God Almighty right there at that instance it's powerful it's powerful. It, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and that incident connected me with a lot of other uh, like spirits. Really, my great great granddaddy, <laughs> to name a <laughs> to name one. But uh, yeah, it, it led me some crazy places, y'all. Yeah. Even today. <laughs> but uh, uh, hey, y'all, it's about uh, wow, it's about it's eight o'clock here, y'all. Yeah. We're gonna take another quick pause uh, for the calls and come back and talk a, a little about Mister uh, Henry McNeil, Bishop Henry McNeil uh, Turner. Uh, after the hour, y'all. We'll be right back. Y'all hang in there. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmore Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Welcome back to Welcome back to the National Black Forum. Saturday, August seventeenth, twenty thirteen. Yo, we uh, I said, <coughs> kind of limping along out here tonight, y'all. We were in on to uh, wait to get our broadband uh, installed. Trying to, uh, we thought we were going to have it installed for the night, for that tonight's show. Uh, my broadband company is he hoeing around. Well, really, it just got uh, to this part of Atlanta, as you verge, you <laughs> I'm just going to. But uh, it's just getting to this part of town there. So the AT&T been running fiber all over the city here for some time. But in my neighborhood, we just got it. <clears throat> I decided to switch over to it to try to improve my my Internet experience. <laughs> uh, but uh, right now, we're just waiting to uh, try it out. We haven't... Uh, They haven't got it done for us yet. Haven't got it up. They're working on it. They'll get it done, no doubt. Just, just a... <laughs> oh. They haven't so far. When it's been a day and a half, they've been working on it. You know, we, we're impatient. Oh, yeah, no doubt. We're impatient now. But uh, hopefully uh, by... Well, next show <clears throat> will definitely be up on it next week. Uh, <clears throat> they'll have it up by next week and we'll uh, be coming to you uh, over our new black, uh, broadband our new broadband platform yeah <clears throat> we're excited about it looking forward to it hey y'all <clears throat> about eight minutes after eight here tonight. We just move right along on this rainy day. Braves getting that game in rain or rain or no rain look like messing around with the national nationals trying to uh they trying to catch us but uh their problem is <laughs> the problem is it <clears throat> They running out of time, yeah. They running out of time, yeah. Because <laughs> they fifteen and a half games behind the, the Braves, and a month ago in the season. <laughs> now, while it's not impossible uh, to catch us, it's going to be difficult. At the very least, it's going to be difficult because you, <laughs> yeah, hey, we play a pretty good ball. Truth be known, the Braves are playing pretty good ball. Like 18 out of 20. <laughs> hey, y'all. Uh, welcome to the Hashmo Black Forum. 
square model is to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer, and out of necessity, sometimes we'll do it louder. We don't like to go there. We try to keep everything on an even keel out here. You know that. But we advocate, yeah, advocate for social justice, for justice. On behalf of Americans of African descent, but, you know, not because we don't love everybody. We love everybody, just that uh, we happen to be a part of that community. And by extension, found ourselves uh, advocating uh, on their behalf for justice, social justice. And, and you know, that's uh, our history. <laughs> our history uh, let us know that uh, it's sorely needed. <laughs> it's 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 sorely needed. So we 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 uh, try to do our little part out here on. Guys, uh, my back for We uh, <clears throat> uh, ran into, now, when I say we ran into, we, we've been, uh, in fact, I, I, I talked about uh, Mr. Mr. Henry McNeil Turner last week, but uh, we just ran into him really uh, here over the last month. Uh, such a amazing personality, and I was telling you about how that my experience uh, how. My experience on that battlefield, uh, my little epiphany uh, uh, of that day, hooking up with the man upstairs, kind of left me uh, uh, in a position that I, I sometimes uh, get on that level and... Uh, Touch bases with uh, uh, someone who has had uh, a similar experience, and sure enough, when I, I first uh, ran into Mr. Henry McNeil Turner, I got this strange feeling, and then I got to reading this story. I said, "Oh, this is kind of a this guy got something that uh, kind of touched me." And I don't, don't know that much about him. You know, like, let me read his story. And the more I read about it, the more uh, I became uh, uh, connected with uh, him. Uh, by the way, he <laughs> he's a fellow uh, Aquarian. He's born on February 1st. I was born on February the 4th. I don't know if anybody paying attention to uh, the science, uh, astron- uh, astrology. You know, anybody out there in cyberspace deal with astrology at all? The science, the 
zodiac signs and all that stuff. You know, I, I think it might be something to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think uh, to a certain extent, yeah, there might be something to it. Uh, but anyway, me, he and I are fellow Aquarians, the water carriers, y'all. That, my book, The Water Boy, is one of the reasons it's named that. The Water Boy is because I am an Aquarian. Aquarians, Aquarians are is the water sign or the, the water carriers. And that's part of where that uh, title came from. Uh, my first book, The Water Boy, The Life and Trials of Jimmy C. Cameron. But yeah, so, <clears throat> but anyway, <clears throat> I believe people who are born under uh, the various signs do bear a commonality uh, with others under that uh, sign. Yeah, I, I believe that. Uh, but then anyway, I so we had something in common right there, uh, Mr. Turner and I. But then I got to reading the story. This guy was born free, y'all, in 1834 in South Carolina, born free, a free black, which was unusual. You know, that's wow. I checked that out. Got to check in his background a little further. Uh, <clears throat> found out that his grandfather, his father's father, was a Mandingo warrior <laughs> who had been, uh, I don't know, purchased, but at least because I, uh, the story has it that uh, he was captured uh, and sold into slavery in Africa. But when he got here, uh, the slave uh, uh, traders noticed that he uh, had uh, these Mandingo uh, markings on his face and uh, uh, some Mandingo royalty. Uh, markings and they uh, didn't sell him into uh, slavery, but uh, hired him. He uh, let him go free, and he hired himself out to somebody. Apparently, it must have been this white lady because he started having babies by her. Yeah, uh, Mr. Henry McNeil Turner's father's father, mother was white, a white plantation uh, <laughs> owner in South Carolina. And his father was a African Mandingo. <laughs> so, wow, this was getting interesting and crazy. About a minute, the more I read about him. This guy's got a unique uh, background here. This is his father. Now, this is not him. He he wound up, well, right away, we know he got some uh, <laughs> some mixed blood. But we all do, for the most part, here in this country. But uh, be that as it may, uh, Mr. Turner wound up uh, living with his, uh, when Mr. Turner came, this is, uh, okay, not a generation after, he, he wound up uh, being raised by his, uh, or living with uh, his uh, uh, grandmother. But he, he's born here, uh, 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 when Mr. McNeil was born, uh, Mr. Henry McNeil Turner, he came along in 1834 in South Carolina, free man, uh, but you know, uh, he was free, but he still was black. So he couldn't read. He had to, uh, <laughs> and he went to work uh, uh, by this time. Let's see, who did he go to work for? He went to work for uh, uh, 
he didn't grow. He didn't work on that same plantation on him because by the time uh, his father uh, his father got married, he had married some black in South Carolina there, and they moved on to sharecrop somebody or to work hire themselves out uh, to some uh, at, on some plantation there. And uh, he uh, really he was free, but uh, uh, free blacks caught hell back then <laughs> too. Uh, so he he was uh, they was farming on this third plantation over there, and he was working under uh, the uh, auspices of the uh, overseer. Now he was free; he didn't have to stay in the slave stacks when they finished. They uh, went to their shack or wherever they lived, but uh, they you know, but uh, <laughs> they suffered uh, uh, quite a bit of uh, harassment as free. Black day, and I, you know, I, I really got a real good sense of that from his story. That uh, yeah, because you know, one, you know, three, two or three percent of blacks in the South were free back then, as well as very few, and uh, they called hell. <laughs> oh yeah, because they saw. Oh yeah, they they weren't allowed to. Uh, uh, wasn't nobody allowed to uh, uh, teach them how to read and write and all that stuff either. So he had to wind up, uh, uh, young Mister Turner. Had to wind up uh, uh, teaching himself how to read, and he did. And uh, but under under uh, uh, tremendous duress uh, from the overseer, threatening to uh, whip him to death if he uh, caught him uh, uh, with any books in his hand. He frightened. Call out to God. God help me get through this. Hey, at that time, he was a young boy. That was his darkest hour. That was his valley of uh, uh, the shadow of death. Yeah, he called out to God for help, just as I did over there in that uh, on that battlefield. He called out to God. I mean, he's 10, 12 years old at that time. He called out to God Almighty for help to get him through uh, uh, the trials uh, that he was going through at that time. It was just, just trying to learn how to read, trying to <sighs> get assimilated into uh, this crazy world he, was, uh, he found himself in, this crazy society that he found himself in. He called God. He called upon God Almighty. That's what he did. <laughs> it took him a long ways, y'all. It took him a long ways. When Mister Henry McNeil Turner upon calling upon God, he went on to join. He went on to uh, to get involved in the AME. Uh, uh, a church, African Methodist Episcopal Church, uh, there in South Carolina. He heard a heard this uh, revival uh, when he was fourteen. Uh, uh, the AME was, you know, they was coming through the South back then. When he was fourteen, let's see, thirty four, forty four, been around nineteen forty eight. Uh, you know, uh, well, maybe. 50 or 51, because they was just getting started. They and me was just getting started around that. He, he was one of the first ones that heard them, uh, or he heard a revival. I don't know if it was AME 
revival that he heard, but he heard a preacher preaching uh, and, uh, when he was 14. Uh, and uh, when John, uh, uh, by the time he was nine, uh, <clears throat> well, that so impressed him, uh, he uh, decided right then that he was going to be a preacher when he was 14. Remember now, he didn't call on God. <laughs> so some, some other things that worked in, he didn't call on God for help. He go to see this uh, revival at 14 a couple of years later. And he, well, at 14, he said, well, I know my uh, calling. I'm going to be a, a preacher. And sure enough, uh, when he was 19, he got his preacher's license from uh, the Church of the South. It says the Methodist Church. I, you know, I got to be a white church. And I, I, he got his preacher's license. He got a preacher's license back then. But he started preaching at 19. Henry McNeil Turner started preaching at 19. If he was born in 1934, that would have made it to be, what, let's say 44. He would have been 10, another nine years. 1950, okay, 1950, uh, 1853. Okay, yeah, that makes it right because I think, well, yeah, the AME started in 19, uh, 1851. Is that not right? 1851. Uh, I believe it's the uh, beginning of that thing. And, uh, he joined AME Church uh, uh, in nineteen in eighteen fifty eight. Okay, so thirty four to uh, um, eighteen thirty four to eighteen fifty eight. He joined that church when he was like twenty four. Was like twenty four years old. He was a preacher then. Remember, uh, he had moved to St. Louis too, by the way, because back then, even uh, uh, living in South Carolina, he had got married, and uh, uh, I told you, blacks were catching hell back then, even though they were free. It was catching hell because uh, uh, they was kidnapping the free blacks and selling them into slaves, selling them into slavery. Yeah, they was kidnapping uh, free blacks and selling them into slavery here in this country. That's another crazy thing here. Remember, this is uh, uh, after 1850, after the uh, Fugitive Slave uh, Act was passed, and, and you had bounty hunters uh, searching for runaway slaves, and they uh, wasn't just uh, capturing runaway slaves, they was capturing free slaves, free blacks, and selling them into slavery. Much like the story of Joseph, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Much like that story of Joseph, y'all, being sold into slavery. Yeah, they they was capture, capturing free blacks here in the South. Anyway, a young Mr. Uh, Henry McNeil Turner, upon marrying uh, his first wife, uh, uh, decided to move to uh, Missouri to get the hell out of uh, uh, South Carolina in the South for fear of, among other things, that uh, uh, they might put his family, his young kids, in danger there, and somebody might... Uh, yeah, in fact, kidnap him and uh, sell him back in the state. So he he went on to Missouri. St. Louis joined the AME Church there, 1858. 1860, the Civil War came along. He was working around Baltimore and Washington and got in with the Republicans. 
some of the uh, Republican uh, power brokers there in Washington, uh, some of Lincoln's buddies, wound up uh, being appointed a chaplain in the first colored uh, Union Army. Well, yeah, they made him a chaplain, y'all. That's 1861 when the Civil War started. Uh, we, uh, so yeah, so he done went from being free, uh, living in a harsh, harsh society as a free black, threatened uh, with bodily harm because he wanted to, an education to break away from the malaise that uh, he, he found himself in. Uh, he, in his darkest hour, called on God for help. And, and okay, so you see here, by now, God done got him all the way up here to, uh, to being a chaplain here in the in the Union Army. Hey, y'all, we're going to pick it up. We're going to pick it up after uh, we're going to take another quite, uh, quick break here. We'll come back and talk a little more about Mr. Henry McNeil Turner, y'all. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Advocated on your behalf. You're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Yeah, we still dragging out here. Trying to get through the show on my using my cell phone as a uh hot spot, yeah. Are we creative now? <laughs> did did I tell y'all we uh we run a low low budget operation? Hey no, yeah. We uh we getting some broadband put in, trying to upgrade a little bit, yeah. They haven't got it working for us uh, just right, so we we uh, having to. In fact, we, we're not even, we're not even running over our uh, normal DSL line that we normally uh, run run the show over. Here tonight, we <laughs> we way down <laughs> running over a hot spot, really, but it, it works just as fine. It really. There should be no difference uh, out in the cyberspace. Uh, the quality should be uh, pretty good. I mean, it's, it's a headache, though, because uh, you can't uh, follow all the feeds and things. Like if, if I had my regular DSL or uh, the broadband, I could have, you know, Five or different, uh, five or six different pages up, looking at different uh, news feeds and stuff like that. Monitor a broadband, run everything, you know, my phone, my television, and my uh, internet uh, and the like. So, yeah, but uh, we're working on getting it back up for you. Next week we'll be uh, have a brand new platform up. And running just in time for we're getting trying to get it up for September. September we're changing our format a little bit, trying to add a little more pizzazz to uh, the Hasbro Black Forum. Y'all doing all right? My Facebook friends, how y'all? Hey, uh, we'll be up in Ohio sometime in September. I just want to let uh, one of my. <laughs> One of my friends there, one of my relatives, really, uh, everybody in Barberton, Kenya, from Barberton, Ohio, y'all. Everybody in Barberton is related, y'all. Everybody. So one of my relatives there in Barberton <laughs> cooked me up some uh, some lotion there to, uh, some cure-all lotion. I don't, I don't know what kind of snake oil, oil this is. Uh, but uh, it worked. <laughs> but, hey, hey, I don't know what's in that snake oil, y'all, but it works. I I gotta tell her I'm gonna I'm gonna get me another batch when I'm up there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, y'all, anybody got any back pains or? Uh, Arthritis or any of that stuff. Let the Hershmo know I got a cure. <laughs> I got let the Hershmo know. Go to my website hershmoblack dot com. Drop me a, uh, a, a, a note. See, I need some uh, some uh, some of Hershmo's uh, pain relief potion. <laughs> we'll fix you up. 
Hey, yeah. Hey, y'all. It's about, uh, wow. Twenty-five till eight. Twenty-five to nine. What am I talking about here? We uh, wow. We uh, left after the break talking about. Mr. Henry McNeil Turner, uh, he had gotten to be a chaplain in the Union Colored Army uh, by the 18, uh, 1861 when that Civil War uh, had broken out. And he was a chaplain. After the Civil War was over, he wound up <clears throat> uh, working for the Freeman Bureau. The Freeman's Bureau here in Georgia, and uh, uh, became a postmaster general of Macon. Uh, uh, just a, you know, really, really uh, uh, you know, important positions for him at that time, for us, believe it or not, for us uh, newly freed uh, Americans of African descent. This guy was powerful, y'all. He's in a powerful position. Uh, Mr. Uh, Henry McNeil Turner Here in Georgia, should have been could have been our savior, believe it or not. And even though he wasn't, uh, our Savior, he certainly, he certainly uh, uh, provided a bridge for us to, uh, to move forward. Don't be for but don't be for uh racism. Uh, don't be for the Don't be for racism. I, I can't think of anything else. Uh, we uh, 
through him, through the single individual could have solved 90% of the race issues that uh, we're still talking about here today, yeah? Through this guy. Through Henry McNeil Turner. That's what I say. Had it not been for racism itself, this individual could have solved 90% of the problems for uh, our society as it pertains to dealing with race relations. Yeah. This guy. <laughs> Remember, okay, so you got uh, Henry McNeil Turner. An official with the Freeman's Bureau there in Macon, and also the Postmaster General of Macon. <laughs> uh, in 1868, uh, during Reconstruction, uh, the new government of Georgia came together uh, and held elections. <laughs> uh, some 27 black folks, well, 28 really, uh, of blacks was elected. To the new government of Georgia, y'all. First black representative we ever had. Remember now, these folks coming out of slavery here. After the Civil War was over, for the first time we were able to uh, uh, vote and all that stuff. Okay, 1868. 28 blacks elected to, legally elected by, hey, remember, you had some 500,000 black folks here in Georgia in 1868. Uh, 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 so 500,000. You know, that's, that's them. They're half the population in Georgia. Georgia probably wouldn't have won two, if they had two million people. I doubt if they had two million people then. In fact, they didn't. Probably about a million. Anyway, Georgia, uh, blacks made up almost 40-something percent of the population of Georgia at that time. So they had really a large, uh, uh, you know, so all the bikes were uh, some 90% uh, of them was in the South. So, yeah, Georgia had a big contingency of black folks. Uh, so they put uh, elected 28 of them to uh, the new government. <clears throat> 1868, y'all. The Georgia legislation convened to seat all the new officers. They refused. The Georgia legislature, uh, controlled by the Southern Democrats, they refused to seat those 28 uh, elected officials, three senators, and 25 
representatives. 25 representatives and three senators. They refused the receipt, uh, uh, to seat uh, those uh, Americans of African descent from duly elected uh, uh, office in our democratic society here, y'all. So that's a problem right here. Right away, we've got a problem. One of the most fundamental uh, list of uh, uh, our democracy here <laughs> has been... Uh, has been tampered with here. We got 28 duly elected officials. You know, this is political uh, figures here. These are the people that that represent the voices of 500,000 Americans of African descent. Our constituency, our mouthpiece, and in this democracy here we we live in, it, we, we, this is a social democracy here, y'all. Yes, yeah, a social democracy. Pretty much uh, a republican form of government. Yeah, we got a government there, the Constitution written down, a set of laws there, makes it a republic. We we're not arguing there. We yes, a republic uh, in terms of this government, the structure of the government. Yeah, set of laws. But it's not even a true republic, y'all. Oh no, because in a republic, everybody's got access to that document. They didn't, we didn't slaves didn't have access to that. So no, it was a, you know, at best a, a, a bastardized uh, republic. Just as it, as it is a bastardized democracy, for the same reason, because remember, this democracy of ours after that civil war, some six hundred thousand people dead. So six hundred thousand people dead here in Georgia uh, uh, during this Reconstruction period. Uh, we're trying to uh, uh, get acclimated, assimilated uh, into this new uh, world we found ourselves, this new democracy that we uh, are free to uh, occupy or uh, live in. Uh, we vote 25 mouthpieces, uh, uh, the citizens here in Georgia did, my ancestors here in Georgia, my great-great-grandfather did here in Georgia, vote. Uh, for uh, uh, some 28 uh, uh, representatives to uh, advocate on their behalf in the, uh, within the uh, hall of government, within the halls of government here in the state of Georgia. There you are. Yeah. Uh, state of Georgia, the Democrats in 1868, uh, July, refused to sit, seat them and went on to vote to and expel them from uh, uh, state government here, yeah, kick them out, would not allow them to be seated in this democracy. <sighs> y'all, y'all see the problem there? There's a problem there. So the new constitution said, well, well no, you can't do that. Uh, uh, they argued. 
<coughs> state of Georgia argued that uh, the new Democrats who control the legislature that uh, the new Constitution, and, uh, the, even the 14th, the 13th Amendment, didn't uh, guarantee a black a whole office. Don't didn't say anything about it. Uh, 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 well, they could or not. We suggest that they can't, and we said that they can't. We're not going to allow them to do anything if they won't. If uh, 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 new blacks uh, won't representation, they have to send it through uh, uh, some white representative. Oh, we got a problem here, y'all. That is a big problem here. <laughs> y'all see uh, where we at as blacks here? We start off out now. We done lived through two hundred years of slavery. <coughs> We don't live through mass. This is uh, 200 years of slavery here in this country. Uh, uh, all of a sudden, it's been emancipated at the cost of 600,000 lives, and yet, <laughs> still, uh, we find ourselves in this political purgatory here. This political purgatory. So, you know, we argued about it, took it to the Supreme Court of the the, uh, uh, country there. Two months later, uh, the Supreme Court said (coughs) that they were indeed eligible to uh, run and hold office. Here in Georgia, and race uh, was no barrier to to that. By that time, <laughs> two months, the legislature had ended here in Georgia. At dispersion, you know, it comes to an end. What? There was no way to uh, reseat them back in that thing because the next time they have to hold elections again. <clears throat> By the time elections were held again, uh, the separate equal laws and the Jim Crow laws uh, had uh, started to uh, be put in place, uh, which included, uh, among other things, poll taxes and uh, uh, intimidation at the polls. Fierce intimidation at the voting polls. Blacks never, through this, through these separate equal Jim Crow laws and tactics, fear tactics, racial terrorism, that's what it was, through this racial terrorism that endured here, blacks was in the state, state of Georgia, was never able to get a single black representative in this government. <laughs> so 500,000 we got here. We were never able to get a single black representative in state government for a hundred years, <laughs> almost, <laughs> until...
until Leroy Johnson got to be a, a state representative, y'all. I think in like, like when was that? Around uh, 1968 or something like that. For a hundred years. For a hundred years after they kicked our legally representatives, our voice in the government starting out new in this society, they ex- in this democracy, we were denied legal representation here. We were denied our uh, political representation here, yeah. Political legal. We were denied our political representation, our voice in government. Uh, just starting, starting now. We're just getting into the thing. We don't know nothing. Uh, of those twenty-eight uh, representatives, y'all, one of them. Listen, one of them happened to be one Mr. Henry McNeil Turner, the Postmaster General of Macon, and a noted uh, uh, a noted uh, 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 member of the Freemans Bureau, or a uh, 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 he was elected uh, a representative from Bibb County <laughs> to the state house. Oh yeah. Oh, this guy's got a a divinity degree from Trinity College. By the end, he's <laughs> sharp. <laughs> Not only is this guy sharp, this guy is as a man of God here too, man. Because <laughs> remember, remember, this is a man of God right here. Because remember, this man I called on God once, and God is still moving him. He called on God when he was 12. Help me, God. And from then on, <laughs> you know, God is God. Help you uh, when you call on him. He gonna be with you uh, the rest of your life doing something. You gotta pay him back. He got something for you to do. Right? You know, I'll, oh, me. <laughs> I, I'm out here trying to tell y'all about it, <laughs> about him <laughs> in my small way. But uh, yeah, so so here's a man of God, y'all. <laughs> they done wronged this powerful. Powerful uh, man of God here. <laughs> this Reverend Henry McNeil uh, Turner. <laughs> he was a Reverend here. This Reverend Henry McNeil Turner. He got to be a bishop yet. <laughs> now he got to be a bishop too. <laughs> That's coming. <laughs> but uh, they have wrong. This uh, man of God here. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's where we started at, y'all, from a political uh, uh, 
from a political, uh, our first political steps here in freedom was one in which uh, the democracy uh, that we thought uh, <laughs> uh, we had uh, entered into uh, was uh, taken away. All because of uh, racism. It's taken away. That's you know we 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 you can't you know you don't you can't imagine uh, the damage that did to us politically. Now because we had twenty eight re- legally uh, elected officials in the government, you know that was a powerful block here, y'all. We had power. This is a powerful uh, block here. Yeah, one, one Mr. Um, Henry McNeil Turner, oh, no, he knew about uh, all the ins and outs of uh, the Freedmen's Bureau. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he had put that thing together in Washington. Remember, he was there when Lincoln and uh, uh, and then was planning uh, uh, what to do with the, uh, the blacks once the war was over. He knew where the 46 million acres was at. He was, you know, uh, 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 going to make sure <laughs> that uh, the uh, slaves got that property. Yeah, he, yeah, this man was dangerous, y'all, to uh, the powers that be. He got up and uh, rendered a uh, rebuttal. <laughs> to uh, the actions being uh, forced on uh, them uh, that day, the expulsion uh, out of uh, this body, this legislative body that uh, of the people. And uh, he told them about it, that uh, that won't be the end of it. <laughs> you can kick me out today, but that's not going to, be the end of the story. Uh, it might drag it off, you know, for a while. But we ain't going to stop uh, talking about the, my story. Hey, y'all, uh, we, we're just coming up on the end here. We done got carried away with Reverend uh, uh, Henry McNeil Turner. We're going to pick it up next week. We're going to talk some more about this guy. His story ain't over yet. <laughs> uh, hey, the Reverend Bishop Henry McNeil Turner's story is not over yet. So we're going to pick it back up next week. Until then, y'all, we got to get out of here. Uh, come back and see us next week, same time, same station. What is that? August uh, 24th, y'all. Until then, ciao. We'll see you. The Hushmo Black Forum, advocated on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the African-American community. Check us out at the Hushmo Black Forum. www.blogtalkradio.com.